AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. Oh, come on, shut up. 
Episode 7, Season 8 of the Fighting Cock Podcast. Today I'm joined by Windy. Hello. I'm joined by T. Hello. And we fucked up Man United. We fucked them. We up, fucking fucked them. Up the orifice. Up the orifice. Yeah, I didn't want to say... What arsehole. Yeah, because, you know, that might make me sound a bit, you know... Homophobic. Yeah. And, 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 and we're not. I'd I say mean, one goal in each orifice, to be honest. Yeah. Well, yeah, so we're, so we're saying vag, arse... Mouth, yeah, the free, the so sh- four, triumvirate, respect, respect, respect. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. <laughs> they better respect us. They better respect us now. Um, so it, it was a game of two halves. I was very angry after the first half. I probably, I don't know, if, I don't know if I was I warranted my my feelings. I was pretty unhappy with the first half display, but in hindsight. I think it was pretty, I was really nervous for some reason I was really nervous I felt like when they were ever to take him they were but that first half there were, things weren't going right Ericsson was playing horrendously compared to his usual levels what was it about that first half that was a little bit it was just a bit shit wasn't it was it shit it was terrible I, I it was terrible I, right. it was both teams were terrible <laughs> I read somewhere on Twitter that it was we had there were the most uh, stray passes of any half of football since I don't know a date sometime there's like there were a lot of straight passes from both teams neither team could get any momentum going we were sloppy at the back we gave up some easy chances Lukaku should have scored from that horrific back pass yeah Yeah, that's true and then it all changed at half time it did it did Uh, it was incredible it was like well I said they started off on the front foot in the second half but we scored two goals in quick succession which just killed the game and it was such a lovely thing to see. Oh, it was beautiful. I mean, when Kane's goal first goes in, I thought, hang on, why did I hear anything? Has it been disallowed? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like when Adi Bayon scored a similar goal all those years ago when we beat United the last time. The goal goes in, you're thinking, hang on, where's the, where's the cloud noise? I don't hear anything. It's a complete misbelief, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, it was in the net and it was like, what? Fuck! Yes. And it's, only, it's often in that instance. Only, you only see it when they start to wheel away. And yeah, like, oh yeah. my god, it's gone in. It's like being hit in the balls, and then you realise you've been hit like two seconds later. Did you? Did you? Yeah, and then you drop. Or well, it's like, yeah. like when when boxers take punches to the body, and they, yeah. they drop about four seconds later. Delayed reaction. Um, when when Trippier stood up for that free kick uh, for the corner, I'm thinking I've seen these corners at the World Cup. They're all really good. And I think you can just do one for Tottenham. Let's score, let's score a direct corner, and it just happened. And it was just like the, the looping, this beautiful looping, looping. They had a Phil Jones probably should have done better, but you can't leave a player like Kane free in the box like that. And you know, it was, it was beautiful. And the, you know, one, another monkey off his back in that he, he hadn't scored against at Old Trafford. One yep. of few, I mean, one of only four grounds away grounds that he hasn't scored in. I've been, I've been banging this drum about corners with Spurs for ages about how we overcomplicate them in terms of a delivery so yeah. Ericsson always went for that really flat near post ball and someone would make a run to the near post and if they didn't meet it right it would either fly past the near post or it would get cleared away by the first man and now we're, we've switched up so we're now playing a much more basic ball in it's an easy ball to deliver any player can do it it's a, but Trippi does it beautifully but then all the kind of sophistication comes in the box so we've got players wheeling away Lucas if you watch it again Lucas spins his man and comes away from Kane two men I think Dyer and someone else run to the front post and then Kane's left in his zone at the back post basically he's one on one and he fancy Kane against most defenders to, yeah. to get the get the run on them and I think it was Carragher said in the post-match stuff that he's just got an arm on Jones he's just feeling where he is he knows he knows what he wants to do he wants to keep it an arm's length away and he gets up early and he just 
plants this amazing header, loops into the far corner. It's a superb goal, amazing goal. Did you watch the build up for the game? Yes. Uh, about half an hour. I know you watch it, I watched it Flev watched it. About, about half an hour. How did you feel watching that build up? Because I was pissed off at the build up. <laughs> well, go on, I don't even know, I don't understand well, what you mean. I mean, I remember, I think it was this point, I remember just want to turn the TV off and, and Carragher said, oh, they've got no one like a bird who can get away from players who's got a new old pace. Yeah, I, I struggled with that. I thought, just fuck off, mate. And they're making all these excuses about, you know, yeah, Spurs don't win away at the top six. The top six don't lose games at home. That's why they're the top six. Yeah. You're not meant to win those and, games. And, and, and now, who is it? It was Carragher and, and Neville. Well, what the fuck's that Spitty McGee's doing, doing on back on Sky Sports? You think we've forgotten? We ain't forgotten what you did. Never you spat on a child. Never forget. Firstly, never forget that. Neville, I haven't got anything on him at the moment. <laughs> he went to Spain and flopped. Well yeah, well, yeah, he did that. He did that. He booted the ball in the face of a fan. He did that. A child. Yeah, he a never child. forgets. A, ch- a, ch- child, a child fan. He got sent off away at Everton, good as in Yeah, so it's two, two big abusers of children. Yep. I mean, not in. That's fine. Yeah, keep it inside it. Well, no, it's fine. He spat on one of them and the other one he blasted the ball. Yeah. In my eyes, that's abuse. Yeah. So two, ab- two abusers of children think that they have the right to dig Spurs out for having a tricky away record on the, against the top six. Yes. Not on my watch, son. Exactly, not on my watch either. And, you know, the fact is, we went out there and dished up a couple of wallops in the second half. <laughs> big time. Fucking big time. Yeah. I mean, with that first half, I thought... Because... I mean, trying to go into cliches as such, but it's kind of seen it all before. You know, Spurs in decent form, United on the ropes, we go up there, we just don't show up, we just play like a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah. Now you know, what? And that's what the first half was. And then when, um, I mean, I guess now I look back in balance, you know, they had the Rose back part. They should have had, we could have had a penalty, so could have gone in that 1 1. What do you think of that? Was it a penalty? What the my dad said, Lucas d- dead set. Yeah, Lucas one was a dead set pen. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, 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 it looked to me. I thought that it was a big man doing a fifty footy challenge with a midget, and that's what happens. Then one falls over. That's my. That was that was how I read it. I wasn't too aggrieved, although the run was incredible by Mora. When, yeah. I, when I first saw it, I thought what you thought. I thought well, they've both gone for the ball, and Mora has come off worse. Mm. When I saw it again, I thought, no, that's a penalty. What's going on here? You know, and, and then. Um, Another point of the game, I think it might have been tuning up. We squandered all these chances. I think there's one where Daddy could have put in um, Lucas and he didn't put him in. Yeah. Um, I think there was two. had a couple of shots as well. There was Kane, two. Kane had up. Kane had, and, and um, there was two where we won possession back in their half and Daddy Ali squandered both of those chances. Yeah. It felt like that, that's what it was. The first half was a frustration because it was there. It was We were almost there, but it, it was a quality, which is rare for us. We, we've been kind of we've been spoiled with the fact that we've been able to witness so much quality in that first 11 for so long it was very frustrating that first half not to have it again it's like I've got all my toys and, and now they don't work the batteries are not, are not working it's like kind of that feeling I've got all the toys in front of me but the batteries are not working so that was with a frustration and then it was that, that weird kind of challenge that Deli Ali did and tried to slip in I might be we had so many of these I might slip in Mora um, there was one when he, he went past the keeper and dragged it around so we, we had our chances but the kind of finesse of our, our game was, wasn't there in the first half where it was in the second there was a subtle tactical tweak at the was start there? of the second half brilliant because yeah. I didn't see it so it was a bit of a weird starting formation so he started with a diamond-ish 4-4-2 right he had Dembele at the base of a diamond mm-hmm. and Dyer to his right 
which was slightly unusual. Delhi, leftish, and Ericsson at the top, at the tip. Was this at the start of the first half? This is at the start of the game, yeah. So Ericsson, in a, most of the game so far, has played higher up than I thought. I thought we'd switch to a 4-3-3 this year. I thought Ericsson would play deeper, but no. Pochettino has been playing Ericsson as high as he can, and it didn't really work. No. So start the second half, Ericsson goes out to the right, Delhi goes up top, suddenly we've got proper support for Kane and, and Lucas. Mm. Ericsson then is involved in two chances at the start of the second half. The first one leads to the corner from which Kane scores, the second one is Lucas's first goal. So Pochettino gets props for that change straight away. Ericsson and Trippier linked up superbly on both of those moves. Um, so it was nice that Pochettino kind of got something right tactically again for the second game in a row because against Fulham he switched from three at the back to back four all of a sudden we take control and, yeah. and now he's done it again yeah it's, uh, it's great to see proactive manager yeah. who's perhaps becoming very comfortable with game management it's his, it's his development we're seeing him now grow as a manager I mean he, we, he's already had untold successes in terms of player development but now we're seeing him change things in game which was the one thing that was arguably missing from Pochettino well, I think the, the thing leaving out um, Davinson Tanktas was a big shout as well big wasn't he um, injured I don't he was on the bench so no, maybe maybe it wasn't 90 minutes bad. fit so yeah. but um, him, him going with Toby Alderweireld I mean given all that happened in the off season and Alderweireld as a colossus especially in the second half I think it just shows he's not afraid to, to switch it up. And, and likewise, bringing on Aurier for Trippier for the last 10-15, that was a, a big call. Did you shit yourself? No, 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 I thought it was a brilliant shout. Trippier had a few issues with Sanchez, and then Fellaini kept pulling over to his side, and he had that moment where he nearly gonna... gave away a penalty. Nearly gave away a penalty. Uh, I know you have apologised, but can you do it on the podcast? For, for Trippier yeah. yeah on the extra inch I did apologise to Trippier his family his friends and anyone that's ever had any contact with him you know people serving him shops I wish um, I hadn't done that well, you would have doubled down yeah yeah <laughs> no I I, I <laughs> felt <laughs> after the World Cup I felt like I had to say something he was, he was yeah. brilliant I think he's uh, mainly uh, to me I think I need yeah yeah I'm sorry for that <laughs> okay, sorry no for doubting your expertise just just right o- over, <laughs> over just over, overall uh, give me one word to sum up the first half bollocks Give me one word to sum up the second half. Sexual. Brilliant. I was looking for poor and good. Just <laughs> oh, sorry, I've kind of got off brand. I'm sorry. Um, but the starting lineup. Yeah. So Hugo starts. The podcast that never was was recorded before he got the arrest. So guess yeah. that's what we've really got to, dis- to discuss. I mean, look, he did a bad thing. Yes. That's not. He did a bad thing. But he was really good. So. Swings and roundabouts. (laughs) (laughs) I struggle, I do struggle with these conversations because so many people just want to completely separate football from real life. Okay, no, I I understand what you're saying. And you're 100% right to do that. And we will all the time Mm. if it's a player of another club. (laughs) (laughs) But as is is our captain, can we just please just brush it under the carpet? (laughs) You're doing what we hate Liverpool for. I know. Let's not do this. He did a bad thing. I think keeping him in the team was the right call. I personally would have given Kane the captaincy. I think it would have been a good time to to hand over the captaincy anyway, but I think it shows that the club's taking it seriously and is dealing with it. At the moment, it looks as though they're sort of sweeping it under the carpet a little bit. They basically said it will be dealt with internally. I'm sure he'll get fined. 
and I'm sure, and Pochettino has been very supportive post match and and pre match actually, sort of saying, you know, we we get behind Hugo, he's made a mistake, he feels bad, we support him now. You know, that's a nice thing to do. That's a nice way of handling it. But they also have to show that they're taking it seriously. And I think because it's an what why? Because it's a very serious offence. You know, you don't, you don't want a, a club captain and role model. Doing anything illegal, doing anything illegal at all, but particularly drink driving, which is a it's a low, it's a low crime. I mean, there are songs about a certain left back, Alonso, yeah, who did that, and the worst case scenario happened, killed his girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, why? (laughs) It's the eyes, it's the eyes. But no, um, I mean, the 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 thing of what Hugo Lloris done is that um, I probably would have stripped him off the captaincy, but. And I don't. I don't have my ears to the floor. I guess of the, of the if club, I like, so. remove all the kind of flippantry from from myself mainly. Uh, why does the club have a moral obligation to do anything at all? I think it's the role model aspect. The you know we're we're holding these players up in such high esteem and, and putting them on a pedestal. Every day in social media, there's something about these players, and there are a lot of kids watching. And if they remove the captaincy, I think it was in. Daniel Story's article for Football 365 he said if, if kids then say to their parents why has this happened they can explain they can explain he's done a bad things and actions have consequences and I think that that would have been the right thing to do Yeah, but I also think Pochettino as ever has handled it magnificently in, in the public eye and sort of I, I, find dif- I find it difficult to disagree with the way he's done it's hard isn't it because ultimately drink driving is fucking very just stupid can result in people becoming do, doing silly things but innocent people who have nothing to do with that situation right. becoming terribly hurt so you know I think he realises he's been a dickhead we all think he's been a dickhead and I was shocked that it was him you know oh, he would have been the 30th Wait, player do you know who he was with hold uh, on let me guess sorry who is it I, I don't, don't say Christian Eriksen no 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 non-spurs non-spurs they don't play for Spurs bastard who is this scumbag this is what it is who is it tell me Koscielny what and Olivier Giroud. Fuck me. See? I knew them scumbags would be involved. I knew it would be somehow... <laughs> this is it. This is it. This, this is why he hasn't been taking out his captaincy away. It's Bad influences. Bad influences. They're bad eggs. Lorries, this is almost worse than the drink driving. Don't frequent... Frequent? Frequent? Don't spend time with these cunts. Don't spend time with them at all, no. It's their fault. And they, do you know what? They, I reckon they rung the police. I reckon they said that. Like, oh, we've just seen a man who's just got his car. He's pissed because they're they're trying to, you know. Yeah, I agree. I Sabotage his career. Yeah. Jealous of him being the World Cup winning captain. Absolutely, uh, Lucas Mora. Let's let's talk about him. Okay. Let's talk about because T hates his guts. Yeah, I do. Still? Yeah. What's he done now? Fucking rubbish, mate. <laughs> you watched a game last night. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> um, no, I don't hate him at all. Um, I thought he, I thought he played really well last night. Um, he's very, he's very brave in possession, fifty-fifty challenges, and he just always seemed up for. I think when he first came on the scene, he was linked. I mean, he moved to PSG from Brazil. Um, he was linked to a move to Man United. Asalas Ferguson was um, covering him, mm. so he had a lot very early, and he never really met up to that potential. So maybe he feels that Spurs have given him a second chance, and I guess he's grabbing it at both ends. And he looks like he loves playing. playing for us, doesn't he? Yeah. And he, he loves football. Um, he's a lovely bloke. You see his interview, and you can't help but but warm to him. Mm. Um, no, I love the guy. And Vertonghen said today as well. You know how much he he gets on with the other players. He's a big part of the squad. Everyone says he's a really nice guy. 
Um, but he's a very different player to what I expected. I kind of thought he'd be this tricky, quick-footed... Kind of is like Douglas skillful. Costa. I thought it'd be more like him, wouldn't he's it? Tenacious. Yeah. He's tenacious. He fights for everything. He's, he gets a toe in and then he's away. That's it. He's just... Yeah. He, he's so direct. We've not had too many players like him stylistically, and it's, it's really refreshing to see, actually. Do you like the way that Pochettino's using him in that... It was almost like a 3-5-2... At the time, this time was four four two, wasn't it? But was in the it? previous match, three. You mean four five four four two with a diamond? Mm. So but in, but, the, in, but, the, in the Fulham game, yeah, it's a three five two. So so playing the two of them up front, he's, he's more like a he drops off, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. But do you like them two up top? I do. I think Kane is going to take a while to get used to this formation. He doesn't yeah. look totally comfortable with it. Do you reckon he's a bit fucked off? Is that mate? Fuck off, you busy cunt. You know, I, <laughs> I, sure. I think it's probably that he's still Kane still doesn't look a hundred percent. Like he was. He's, don't get me wrong. Massive improvement from the opening game of the season. But maybe Lucas is up there to do some of his running for him potentially, and that's that's a good call from Poch, and it's working well. It's, uh, yeah. it's that's a really good call. The technique on I, I can't tell because he's probably ambidextrous. What is he left footed or right foot? He's right, but he's got a strong left. Right, okay. I mean that curler he scored against Fulham was with his left. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, because I, I wasn't sure. Um, he's uh, he, he's the kind of player that you can fall in love with very quickly, can't you? Because he hasn't he's had moments and glimpses of. Of, uh, of of talent like Rochdale last season we mentioned the podcast last week and and obviously he's tricky so he comes off the bri- the, the bench and and, and and you know it's easy to kind of oh, he's, he's gone through a, a, past a few players in a game that's kind of turgid so it's it's not it's more than that now he's kind of got three games under his belt he's got three goals there's not much more you could ask for him this is the Premier League it's the real deal now is he the next Salah <laughs> Could you imagine if he was? Where was that? The, yeah, is, is, is he? Is he? Is he Mohamed Salah? But ours. You know what? You know something. Yeah. Is he? I'm going to come to that. Go on. But if Kane gets an injury, and Son is back, and we do that four striker thing, I could see one of them two bagging an absolute cunt load of goals. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So the answer is, he'd be better than Salah. Better than Salah. Salah would be the Lucas Moura. There you go. So, <laughs> in three years, four years' time, Salah will be the next Lucas Moura. There what are you go. saying? I'm saying Salah's a one-season wonder, and uh, Moura's already better than him this year. I think I feel that. I feel like he's he's done enough. He's done enough. He doesn't have to play for us again. Just I think. So, I think so. Yeah. Just, just get in the get in the yeah, I mean. the, the, the refreshing thing about Lucas is he will press as well. He like he was going to come off, wasn't he? On like seventy five yeah, minutes, yeah, and then, then he ends up scoring his second goal. He must have been mental, dead yeah. by the end of that game because mm. he was already on his feet like seventy five minutes in. Yeah. Suddenly he's done three or four more sprints, including one that results in a goal. But that was a long bursted one for that goal. It was. I thought I was just going to believe he scored that second. Well, Smalling had three or four yards on him, and he just burst straight through him. He did, and 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 it wasn't even like when he went through. I kind of you know some players go through, and you think there's no chance we're getting that. Yeah. I, I had utmost confidence in the way he went in because the way he plays plays his football. So Soko had gone through there. I thought no chance, no goal. Don't even celebrate. There's no chance. Don't get off your seat. But with him, the technique of which he whipped that goal in past the hair, who apparently the world's best goalkeeper, he before this game he'd conceded ten of the fourteen shots he'd faced on target, and after this game, obviously we scored three and had five on target. So do the math: thirteen, 13 in 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 
I mean, that's poor. That's pretty damning. And he's, the other end of the pitch, Norris had a, a very good... He had a very good game, actually, match, yeah. Just after they scored, Lukaku went through, didn't he, and hit that shot across him. Yeah. Great save. Amazing. <laughs> Francesco Sidoldo on Facebook, he says, Does Danny Rose deserve his spot as first-choice left-back? I like Davies, but I think Rose offers more defensively going forward. Uh, dodgy back pass aside, I thought he had a great game last night. It's been very kind. Rose was very patchy yesterday, very, and that's that's putting it kind as well. I mean, he did some good things in the second half, but he did a lot of bad things in the first half. He looked really tentative on the ball. He didn't really want the ball actually. Every time it came out to him, he looked to get rid of it quickly. I think it was in the first five minutes he had a chance to just pop one across to Ericsson ten yards away, and he tries this really overly expansive crossfield to Trippier, which got cut out. And I just thought why are you trying to overcomplicate things why are you trying to put the ball on the opposite side of the pitch to you is it because you don't want it back immediately mm. um, and that back pass was horrific he did a couple of other dodgy things he, he he gave away a free kick on Pogba when Pogba went past him and he just hacked him down um, so the answer is no oh, will he, is he going on loan that's the other thing would he have played if he was going on loan and if he's if he's ready to call on Rose rather than play Carl Walker-Peters at left back or left wing back um you know what? How, how that's not, doesn't seem like a likely deal now. But two two calls come out and sort of said how much he likes Rose and yeah. PSG are meant to be in the market for a for a left back. Fuck two call. <laughs> well, he, he shouldn't even be the manager, should he? He did all right at Dortmund. I'm surprised he got that job. To be fair, big job. Um, I think with Danny Rose, it's the Sergio argument all over again. Um, Rose has a higher ceiling than Davis does as a left yeah. back. Um, I do. I'm not sure how much Rose has left. The only way I feel Rose can can improve is if he plays a few games on the trot. I think there was one point yesterday where there's a break in the game, and Poch goes over to date to, to this Rose. Was just and has after, a this right. was just after he put the back pass. Yeah. literally just mm. after. And he had a word. I think he kind of said, "Look, you know, don't worry, it's okay." So and I, after that, I think he, he improved after. I think he got. Up. So the commentators made a really good point about that exact thing, and he said the commentator saying he's going over and not talking about the back pass. He's talking to, to him about. A different tactical problem. Yeah, yeah. So in Rose's Take your head, mind off him. Yeah, Rose's head, he's just like, fuck, he hasn't even mentioned about pass. Mm. All right, I'll just focus on this. Mm. Which is fucking, if that is true, it's amazing man management, incredible man, man management, got proper stonk on him. There's no way of no, knowing if that's true, but you'd like to think that. Well, that's given that, a relationship, I think he knows Rose so well, he knows how he'll be beating himself up about the mistake. Mm. Um, I think Rose did have a good game last time. I mean, the thing of Rose, he's, he's very. Um, I don't know if I want to say the word low percentage, more more high risk in the way that he plays. Whether it be the passes he plays, the things he tries, um, the challenge on Pogba, I would put that down to rustiness more than anything else. It's not something he generally does. This is the one just outside the box. Yeah, the- yeah. Because normally he'd you know he'd have his hands over his head and just let and pass them <laughs> to someone else. Mm. But I think Rose will need a, bu- a number of games in a row to get anything out of his old form back. Will you get those games? I don't see it. It's a strange one to bring him back in for against, you know, one one of the big, or admittedly not on peak form, but one of the biggest sides in the country, mm. one of the most difficult grounds to go to. Um, and I guess that sort of shows how Poch feels about Rose still. He can trust him. He feels he can trust him in those games. They did it last season against, was it Dortmund away? <laughs> I think they played Dortmund in back uh, Rose either Madrid. played against Madrid or Dortmund. He played against Dortmund. Madrid but came as a, a central defensive midfielder. Oh yeah, but it's another yeah, game he's he died. Yeah. Came off the bench yeah. and he'd been out in and for a long time. Back, yeah. I saw he started at Dortmund but yeah, I mean, him and Poch just have a very 
unique relationship. Father-son relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Actually, let's, let's quickly do that. Jamie2190 says, which player in the squad would most likely accidentally call Potch dad? Got to be raising it. I'd say Winks. Winks. Have you ever done that at school, though? I think one for you. I'm lucky I've not done it. You, do you know what we're talking about, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's a, your school well, it's normally, or your teacher. Mom, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've done it. I've called Mrs. On a Crazy um, Mum. I mean, there's no... She was nothing like my mum. The, the only was thing she was, she was, was, was she a beautiful, you? wonderful woman, and we were fucking horrible, my class. <laughs> horrible. And uh, you know, there's teachers you remember, and you remember the name, and you're not forget them. Yeah. She's she's one of them. One. She was so lovely. She would hug you, and you come in. You thought this is a great place, and we responded by fucking up her tutor room. So much so that we had to have we had to have our reception the, the registration in the hallway for about six months because they wouldn't let us back in the room it's fucking horrible good woman the only thing worse than uh, <laughs> call, calling uh, your teacher mum is did you ever like in the supermarket put your hand up to hold your mum's hand and it was someone else's hand <laughs> wow yeah. did, that, did that no, no did never, that. never done that not good no Alright, um, sorry, uh, where were we? Uh, Kane scores uh, against August's first goal against Old Trafford, that was incredible. Um, it feels like Kane's back in his pomp much earlier than he would, would otherwise be. Do you think that's about, I know the performances haven't been that great, but do you think that's about him being fit through the World Cup and he's kind of still running at 100%? And will this impact his, his development over the season, do you think? I think all of our World Cup players will have a little bit of a lag at the end of the season, to be honest. I'm, I'd that's, say Christmas. That's a concern. I mean, Christmas is usually our strong point in the season. The yeah, but in terms of the, if they play for most of the summer, mm. I would say Christmas will be the stage where they'll feel it the most because right now it's adrenaline. Season start, it's still got the buzz in the World Cup on. Middle of the season might be when they feel a bit of a drop off, but that's where it goes. And there'll be a little slump there. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing with Kane is he, he didn't look right for England during the World Cup. That's been well documented. He, has, he didn't look right in our first game, he didn't look right at the end of last season, but now he sort of seems to be getting his movement back, getting his strength back, getting his, dare I say, his pace back. He's, he had lost a, a yard of pace with that injury. Um, and it can only be a good thing that we've got someone like Lucas pushing him. For, for you know goals and the limelight and the headlines Kane, Kane loves that kind of stuff do you remember when people were comparing Kane with Lukaku oh god he's miles ahead absolutely miles ahead it was ages ago didn't it so not even something worth thinking about what, but, what, what, what do you think but the thing with Lukaku I think he's a confidence player and playing for Mourinho in this current United side you know maybe if he was a bit more confident he'd have put that chance away I've got a lot of time for Lukaku um him and Kane are probably different kinds of strikers. Um, yeah, Lukaku, speaking in interviews, is intelligent. He analyses the game well. Yeah. Analyses his own game very well. But I think the United the situation at United is just kind of um, it's kind of smothered him a bit. So it leads up to a good question: Is that were did did a great Spurs beat a very average United team, or do, you know, is that where this this result came from? Well, we we were kind of uh, programmatic and. Pragmatic in our in our just excellence, but Man United were kind of all over the place because in the first half they showed more than I thought they were going to. I didn't go into it thinking we we're going to win. I thought we might be able to snatch a win, but you'd listen to the press and it's like uh, the, the Man United are all over the place. The, the, the club's in ruin. Mourinho doesn't know what he's doing. Lindelof is as shambles he was. He, he, that kid is so far beyond the quality of Man United but, but anywhere in the Premier League I couldn't see him making a, a, a decent shot at anyone any type of side in the Premier League 
So what is it? Were we great like in that second half? I didn't think we had to be great, but we did enough. United, the thing is, they, they, they did play well in the first half. They pressed the ball well. They created chances. Lingard was excellent. Well, we didn't play well, did we? We didn't play particularly well. Um, second half, I mean, the second goal, if you look at that defensive unit, it was an absolute mess. So you had Ander Herrera, who, who isn't a centre-back, OK, fine. He's five yards behind his defensive line and Smalling's got his hand up trying to play offside. And you're like, you're both in the wrong there. Herrera for being deeper, but for Smalling for not being aware of where his defensive part is. I imagine when you're watching that on match of the day, your hand just slowly drifts towards your penis. <laughs> both, both hands. Both yeah, hands yeah, towards yeah, your yeah. penis. Yeah. Just like, oh my God. You're gone, sorry. It was just glorious to see them. It was. So shambolic. So do you say it was a bit of both then? We were yeah. we were great and they were... I think it's a bit of both. I think United, they know how to get a result. Throughout the history of the Premier League, they've always known to get a result. Whether they play well, or it's an ordinary United team, they all know their jobs, they all know what they've got to do. And... I don't think Spurs were at their best yesterday, but it was enough to win the game. Um, same, with, I still don't think Kane is um, well, is back to his best, even halfway there. But give him a chance, he'll score. This is exciting though, because Kane's not back to his best. Eriksen's starting slowly, as he often does. He hasn't been good so far, and we're still winning games. We've won our opening three games. Big Wings come back in. Well, that's great, exciting, when it Wings coming back in. Yeah, another lot- option. It's great. Just and, and, and is coming back. He got in the system in last game. He did. And then you know Dembele, who's someone who I've kind of written off, did okay. He started. He started badly. He played he ninety minutes for the first time yeah. in God knows how long. He played in patches as well, but I think there's there's still a player there. I'm not sure he's the one that we need to be starting every single week. It's a bit of a big, a bit of a tall ask, but. At this stage in the season, you can, you can get 90 minutes out of him in, in, in the first two couple of weeks in the season, then that's not a bad option to have. And he did still have glimpses of, of quality of controlling the game and, and muscling people out. And he still showed all that, although he also showed frailties and, and was exploited somewhat. Did you hear the stat that yesterday was the first time Dembele, Alderweireld, and Rose started a game since like January 2017? That is, I mean, it's mad when you hear it like that, but you think back and you think of periods of injury and. And yeah. those are stores of, of an early Pochettino side, weren't yeah. they? Um, yeah, great win, great feeling. It was one of the ones where, certainly because of the, the kind of uncertainty of the first half, but then to just put them to bed, tune them up, and you thought there's no chance they're coming back, really. But in saying that, I was really nervous, really nervous. I kept punching the floor, and my missus having a go at me. And the kids. Yeah, I was, I was watching the game with uh, Chloe and... Chloe and Will and uh, I was watching the game and we're tuning up and Harry Kane had just missed that header which was for his quality a sitter so he just missed the header and I was like fucking hell like not swear. I mean I did swear but the, you know I was just I was like what, what, what's that? come on Spurs and she was like it's alright you've got two goals <laughs> what are you worried about and I'm like Chloe you don't understand, right? You're ten. You don't. There's no way you know, you don't know the nuances of the game. You she haven't said, had thirty years of watching Spurs. Yeah, you haven't had thirty years. Of, she was like, "No, it's okay. It's fine. Even if you get that one goal, you're still leading. What's the problem? Philosophy." <laughs> and then and I'm listening to her, and I'm like, "She's 100 percent right." <laughs> and, and, and more to the point, I can't impact any of this. So why am I getting angry and upset? She was like, "Just you know, it's all right. We're Spurs winning. What are you worried about? Turn them up." And, uh, and and I was like, yeah, I'm going to calm down. This is fine. Let me just enjoy this. 
and I did I sat down and I enjoyed the game I was uh, all the stress fell out of me and Maura um, <laughs> scored and I ran over to her and picked her up and she went see everything's <laughs> fine <laughs> and uh, I just thought this is that's what you need isn't it because sometimes football you take it way too seriously it's supposed to be a distraction from life and it took a 10 year old child to, uh, the innocence of a 10 year old child it hasn't been through the years and years of of, of, of horror and mayhem that, that Spurs have, have delivered to us um, just one more thing before we finish I was looking through all of the league table finishes that Spurs have had since 2003 2004 when Arsenal went unbeaten and we finished 15th that season I think with a minus 10 goal difference this is some Rayman shit well I just watched it today and I'll be really and then so I went through each season and there has been a slow very slow but steady progression where yeah. we've just chipped away at every single level apart from the bit with Sherwood where we just fell off a cliff and Marino uh, and Pochettino came back in and up we went again but you think maybe the next step as we've seen this, is, this has been 15 years in the making more or less the next step's at least whole yeah Three wins out of three. Nine points on the table. Couldn't ask for more. Man United away one of them fixtures. Tricky for Lamo. No one likes playing Newcastle away. We've done an odd thing in not buying anyone. Maybe that's a new buying, buying someone. Maybe we're going to win the league. Hi, this is Windy, back with the weekly youth update. Looking at our young players and players out on loan, and I do have, finally, some loanees to talk about this week. Firstly, Cameron Carter-Vickers has joined Swansea City on loan for the season. He joins up there with Graham Potter, who's an interesting coach, so looking forward to see what Potter can do with Carter-Vickers. And Samuel Shashua has joined Spanish third-tier team Atletico Baleares. And I guess... We'll see how he gets on there. Really quite the bizarre move for Shashua. I'm sure we could have got him a League 2 club. I'm, I'm adamant of that. But for whatever reason, that hasn't happened. Maybe they see this as a better move for his his type of type of uh, style, play style. He's an attacking midfielder. Uh, not the most physical player, but will we'll, we'll press, certainly. And he seems to have dropped out of favour for the 23s, so... I guess this is kind of acceptance that he needs to have a year of football and uh, and we'll go from there. The under-18s had a 2-0 win against Chelsea on Saturday morning, a fine result. Goals came from Paris Magoma and Sam Shishui's younger brother, Armando, who, uh, who got the second. And the under-23s had a 1-0 draw against Brighton at Stevenage on Friday night. Our goal came from Shayon Harrison. It was a strong Spurs team, so a slightly disappointing result. We had the likes of Luke Amos and Josh Onomo in the team, which I was really pleasantly surprised at because often our sort of first team squad members don't get football, as we saw with Walker Peters' past two years. Unless he was playing the League Cup match for Spurs, he was basically excluded from any level of competitive football. So this is a this is a step in the right direction that he played, um, and and hopefully this is the first of many. That's it for this week. If you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On Your Spurs. Second half of the Fighting Cop podcast. Thank you very much, Windy. You're very welcome. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I was watching the game last night. 
And uh, as about, I don't know, about five minutes before Lucas scored his third goal, the third goal, um, there's a major problem with European Hornets in, in, in Wiltshire, but around where my missus lives. And European Hornets, if you don't know, are about double the size of normal wasps. Their heads move independent of their bodies. So they're much more sophisticated beast than a wasp. They do amazing things for nature. But she's having, she'd have them flying into the house, and they're big fucking things. They're horrible things. They're like things out of your nightmare, nightmares. Anyway, I didn't realise that one had flown in to the house as I was having a cigarette at the back door. And I trod on it, and it stung me on my foot. It was so painful. I can't... Even now, my foot's throbbing, and it's been over just under 24 hours. But all I, all I want to say is that when Lucas Mora scored that goal all the pain disappeared and what a wonderful thing football is <laughs> that's what football does even in the moments of, of sheer horror and pain I thought that I was going to die uh, that Lucas Moura could lift me up beyond all of my worldly worries it's interesting you say that because Harry Kane not Harry Kane Pochettino we talked about um, the stadium delay and all the rest of it and Pochettino all we can do is just keep winning games yeah you know, forget about it all well that's and what I, he said I, 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 yeah you do don't you because he said uh, uh, the only way we can apologise and it's not on Pochettino to apologise for the stadium not being delivered but yeah. it shows what kind of man he is and how much he loves what's going on at Spurs and how much he feels a part of everything that the club is for him to feel like he should come out and apologise. He had nothing, no one expected that. No one wanted that for him, for him to come out and do that. So, and, and the fact that he understands how this could affect lots of fans, he talks about losing money and whatnot, and all he can do on his side of things is, is win matches for Spurs and for us. Like was, it's hard, so hard not to love him. It's so hard not to love him. I mean, I know you have criticisms about him not blooding young players where he potentially should have done, but overall he's, he's the best manager we've ever had in, in our living memories around the table he's unbelievable maybe Birkinshaw but I was so young then so I wouldn't even what, what was quite nice last night is, is we had this real direct comparison between him and Mourinho who have in, in some senses had similar summers and the way they've responded to those summers have been the absolute antithesis of one another so you've got Poch who's a proper company man he will say the right things for the good of the company for the good of the club for put, for the fans sake for everyone putting in the right direction he says the right things he, he smoothed it over he's made it all seem fine and then you've got Mourinho who's gone on the defensive he's throwing his toys at the pram he's blaming everyone else for his own shortcomings he is incapable of working with players and making them better Instead, he just wants to buy new players when he gets sick and tired of them. Yeah. So Lindelof, Bailly, they have players he bought. He's given up on them already. Can you imagine Pochettino doing that? He just wouldn't. He, he, he's not like that. He wants to work with the players he's got and, and improve them for the good of the team, for the good of the club. It's just glorious. And I'm really surprised that he admires Mourinho so much. They don't, they don't seem like natural bedfellows in any sense. They're totally different I people. Think, I, I think you have to admire Mourinho's uh, winning mentality and his will to win. And, um, yeah, anyway, I mean, there's probably been countless books about Mourinho and his winning philosophy. Um, maybe the way in which he plays football, maybe him as a human being, may not be to everyone's taste, <coughs> but you have to admire a winner. I think maybe that Pochettino looks at it and thinks he understands how difficult, clearly, he understands how difficult it is to win something. And for him to win 22 trophies across the board. He, the thing with Mourinho, and, and his, his press conference sort of stunk of, of the kind of petulant man he is, but 
it's so difficult to have done what he has done. Un, unparalleled, really. Only Pep Guardiola in the modern game is, is, is on a level. And everyone talks about him like he's the Messiah, whereas Mourinho gets more stick because of the way he behaves. But if you look purely on what he's delivered for multiple clubs, and even, I would say, he's, his achievements far outstretch Guardiola's. I know Guardiola's style of play, just to qualify that, uh, style of play is, is more interesting and exciting to see as fans. But I think his achievement of winning the Champions League with Porto, of winning the Champions League with Inter Milan, of usurping uh, Pep Guardiola when he was in his pomp at, at Barcelona, and even winning the league with Chelsea twice as well, I, I think those outweigh what Pep Guardiola has done. I, to- I do totally agree with that. I think those achievements are all individually incredible and collectively just unbelievable. That's like four or five managers couldn't expect to have that many trophies. But we've got to remember these are, many of these achievements are, are years and years old now. Yeah. And the difference between the two is that Guardiola is always at the vanguard. He's always leading change, driving change, and, and doing positive things for football. Mourinho has now been left behind, and he's he's becoming bitter old man. He's becoming incredibly bitter, and I genuinely think he's having he's on the verge of a breakdown. Like he seems really unhappy and unhealthy at the moment, and doesn't look it's well, not does doing he? him good being in this position. He's just. He's and, locked and it, in this horrendous it, battle with Woodward. It, yeah, it shows you what what's what, what the toll it takes on these pe- people. Like as a manager, it must be horrendous. I mean, they paid well, but they paid well for good reason because there's very few people in our sport, but in the world, that can do what they do. You know, you look at the, the very best managers in each league, and there's one or two positions in each. And, and most of the time, you look at them like Zidane, and you think, "Well, you're successful because of the incredible squad that he had." And if he takes over at United, what's he going to do with a defence when they've they've got Varane and um, he's previously worked with Varane and Ramos, Ramos, uh, you know Marcelo at left back, got Modric, Cruz, you know this that's a different beast than managing this currently Man United side with all kinds of pitfalls within it, um, many of which were of his making. The, I yeah, think, I think the issue with um, Mourinho at Man United is a bit like. Um, Back in the day with um, Brian Clough and Don Revy, in the sense that anyone who manages Man United is going to be following in Alex Ferguson's image and footsteps. And I think Mourinho struggles a little bit with that. When he joined Chelsea, it was a blank canvas. Um, I mean, they won trophies before he came along. You know, they won the European Cup in this cup and stuff in the, in the 90s. Um, but Chelsea was a blank canvas. He can go there, board the club in his image, win stuff. Into Milan. Bereft of success for a long time in terms of winning the Champions League. They haven't won it since 1965 and he wins it in 2010, I think yeah. it was. So, blank canvas again. Um, Real Madrid, a little different, but then he only won one league title there, I think. I think but the ma- major competition. Yeah. He had no right to, given the side that Barcelona had at Ardeport. But I suppose you well, yeah, right, He had the most expensive player in the world, though. That's true. That's and he's true. got the most expensive player in the world now. I think at United is difficult for him because um, people aren't indulging him anymore. And people indulged him first time around when he was at Chelsea. Now, the, now the media on. I think that uh, I think that Mourinho is a classic example of, of the rules of attraction. I know we bang on about this all yeah. the time, but you know the energy that he emits and the kind of way he behaves attracts a certain type of attention. You know, if you're ultra positive in the same way Pochettino has, he's handled the things two different two different ways. You know, he, Pochettino has had his moments with the press. You know, where where he went on a like a four minute 
tirade, but kind of... He's been a little spiky, but that's been few and far between, really. Yeah, and, and I think that ultimately he's like a likeable and very affable person, and, and the tre- press will treat him accordingly. Anyway, uh, let's move on. So Soko, lone move to Fenerbahce, it's been denied. Yeah. Uh, with the risk of sounding racist. <laughs> so, so just give me a minute. Nothing good comes after anyone saying that. But what what is it with, like, always Turkish, Turkish teams taking players that are, like, usually black, big and powerful? What What, what is there, like, if you, and you can list them off, Daly and Atkinson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a piece. <laughs> R.I.P., yeah. Uh, or Sissoko, if he moved, but Lukaku went over there. And I know there's much more Did to Did Lukaku go to Turkey? No, sorry, not Lukaku, sorry, Drogba. Jesus <laughs> my bad, my bad. No, 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 that was just a separate time to be talking about Man United. Three that's not, that's not racist, that's not racist. No, <laughs> but, but look, they're, 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 there's more to their game than this, but the, the Turkish teams have like this propensity for signing these type of players. Darius Vassell. Yeah, one. he's massive. <laughs> what a unit. Do, do, do you not see it? No. I can't um, say I do. I think what there's, there's, I think in Turkey, what they tend to do is that um, they sign players who are slightly past their best and may attract a lot of fans for them. And I think Sissoko still got a little bit of the afterglow of Euro 2016, and that's probably what they're seeing. Um, Denver Bar, yeah, Besiktas, yeah, Denver Bar. How much last Did Yaya Toure play there? Yeah. I don't think he did. Did he? Who's that? Yaya yeah, Toure. Did he play for one of them? Don't think so. Did Dana buy all moves? He did his play for Turkey now. Played against yeah. Burnley, I think. That's was right. it, was it Aberdeen? Uh, Adebayo did? Yeah, Played shit. What's, what's he up to? Yeah, he's in Turkey playing for this, this student team. Is he enjoying his, enjoying his fan? Well, I assume so. Seems to be getting his money. Um, uh, South Korea progressed to the semi final of the Asian Cup in extra time. 4 3 versus Uzbekistan. Uh, James C. Harris, 97, he asked, would you do two years of military service if it meant Son didn't have to? Have you seen that video of Son not watching the penalty? That's a core in 2008. It's, it is adorable. <laughs> he is the sweetest man. So one minute he's, he's doing two years of national service at the age of 28. You know, when he's had the world... Because they, they, they're stripped from all of that. And I, I, can, I can understand the logic behind the national service thing I wouldn't want to do it myself but you know one minute he's kind of potentially going off to do that at some stage in his life to that dream of him not having to if those who don't understand in, in South Korea they have a um, elite sportsman sportsmen or sportswomen who uh, achieve greatness generally you're exempt from having to do military service so if you won the Olympic gold that gets you out you get to the semi-finals of the World Cup you, you're out um, Asian if, Games, hopefully. Yeah, you're out. If you run a convenience store and sweat it all your life, you're definitely going in. They think, fuck you. You are fodder. You are. It is a bit there. dystopian, isn't it? It is a little bit weird. Yeah. The way they've done that. Um, I don't see the benefit for South Korea as a country if if he goes on military service for two years. I mean, he'll probably be doing a sedentary job for those two. Years. I don't but think he'll be in the trenches be or anything. Fitter than I mean, they're, they're not in any trenches. But he'll probably just be training people. Standoff war against the, the North Korea. Well, they're kind of settled their beef now, haven't they? Yeah, fingers crossed. See, if Tupac and Biggie did that, man, hip-hop would be a better place right now, but, you know, <laughs> it's not happened. It's a shame. What up? But um, I would not do military service for anyone because it's brutal, because I'd, my idea of what it could be would be pretty brutal. Yeah. Actually, the Deli Ali um, Phenom's documentary was on Sky the other day, and they... So I saw it last year before the World Cup, so they didn't have the World Cup footage, 
and before the World Cup, they did team bonding, which was going to the Marines. Yeah. And they had to go, I don't even know how I can even describe it without, you know, obviously for the medium of audio. Sorry, try. try. They, they got that, this little kind of river, and there's a concrete part. You've got to go under the concrete bit and get picked up at the other side. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, it's under the water, isn't it? And that made, I just thought, oh, you couldn't pay me enough money to do that. <laughs> they're fully clothed as well, isn't Yeah, it? the water's dirty as fuck yeah, as well. It's, it's like a concrete tunnel, yeah. and they're at the other end, which is about 15 feet, and yeah. then you've got to get through the concrete. Yeah. But the thing is, in that instance, it's like, well, what if I get caught on something in the middle? Yeah. What, you're going to come in there and un- unattach me? What if I'm really caught? The amount of insurance those footballers must be must get there as well. Do you know what also terrifies me about water? Uh, kelp. Have you ever, do you know what I'm talking about? With kelp. Yeah, there's like kelp. Seaweed. It's it's long. I don't know mm. how I'm going with this. It's just one. I wake up in the in the middle of the night in sweats of being in a, a kelp field that's underwater. I don't know. So you get your leg caught and it can't move. Yeah, fuck that shit. That's like my worst nightmare. Hate it. Um, Daniel Platt, Voodoo Chopsticks, he says, yeah, is is any of the on-pitch success of the last few weeks down to not buying anyone new? I've set a squad where everybody knows how to play or is it just coincidental? Coincidental. I don't think it's coincidental. I think it's... I, th- I think that the... The, the form that we've had in the first three games of the season although it's been a bit patchy defensively I think it's completely to do with the fact that these players know how to play together yeah but if we'd have bought a player you know if we would have won those games probably yeah see where you're going with that uh, like if we had Zaha in there we'd definitely won <laughs> yeah, Windy's favourite player <laughs> do you not like him Windy? Not that I don't like him, oh, I think he's a Oh, here we right. go. And the thing is, right. look, before Windy gets the chance to retort, um, if we do sign Zara in the future, expect, I don't know, four or five months of Twitter analysis on his performances, the little things he does wrong, and then an eventual <laughs> apology. You, know, you do a little YouTube video as well about all yeah. the things he does, giving give possession yeah. away. So for those that don't know, Windy used to have a blog, or he still has a blog, but the vast, I remember my favourite thing back in the day, when we first met, your thing on your Twitter account on your, on your, on your blog was analysing goals we've conceded <laughs> it's the most miserable you've got to bring that back it's the most miserable experience <laughs> I'm not going to analyse the goals we've scored fuck that because that's too happy I'm going to go well this was wrong this was wrong <laughs> sometimes ignorance is bliss but I don't enjoy, like I, I get and that's why the experience is great because they get a level of in-depth uh, punditry that you won't get on the fighting cop but it has value but I don't want to know too much like when you said you, you put it out earlier some sort of tactical conundrum where it was, you was mentioning about something you'd noticed about players out of shape or whatever it was five player, five. Oh, it was uh, Lindelof but no um, sorry Herrera Herrera playing someone on side and if that's Spurs I don't want to know that because if I don't know it it didn't exist like, in, it didn't re- in very real terms it didn't exist and I don't recognise it and it's not something for me to worry about you must go to bed fucking angst ridden <laughs> no because I blog about it I get it out does that work? Pro- yeah I think that, was, that was a lot of the probably a lot of why I did it yeah 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 we're not going to see as many goals now so. that's the thing I didn't need to do it anymore I was like yeah we don't what, we don't concede goals there's no blogs for me to write like finally the management team know more than I do is yeah. that, is that? <laughs> Um, where was it Uh, yeah what what do you think Uh, so I tweeted last night actually about 
how we don't need to buy players in the summer anymore and we just buy big dogs in January. And I think there's a little bit of truth in that. I think because Pochettino's... Well, he made this big thing pre-season or pre-World Cup about how he wanted to be brave and the implication of that was get players in early so that he can take them on the pre-season tour, they can learn our system, they can learn how to fit into the system. And I think signing them in January is just a step up on that. So they get six months of training with the squad. There's very little expectation. So Lucas Moura, there's no expectation on him. He could just play against Rochdale or whoever in the cup and come in and, and score a few goals and just be quietly learning the pressing system, the pressing traps, how Pochettino trains, what he expects from his players. And now we see him put that practice and that learning in, into these performances. And there's something in that. I yeah. sort of, I sort of think maybe we'll go big in, in this coming January, and maybe we'll sign three or four players. Well, three or four? Yeah. I don't see that. I, I see one see or two. I, I, I think we will sign. I think there'll be. We're, we're punching. The reason I say three or four is because I think we're going to shift a few as well. So okay. I think Janssen, I mean, Soko, maybe Rose, maybe maybe even Dembele. And it would be some sort of stroke of genius if you buy three or four players that are better than the players that you oh sell. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that none of those none of those players should be anywhere near our first team. Lorente, uh, Sissoko, Janssen, none and of them, they, yeah. and Kudu, yeah, should, should be anywhere near our first team. But finding players for the same sort of money, it's often a punt. But then, if you're in January, like you can take that risk. You can, and this is what I was going to say about Zaha. So. Lucas is 25 million he's about the same age as Wilfred Zaha yeah. who I think is a very good player Zaha would have cost us 70 million uh, uh, probably more at least so at least you're talking two three you know maybe they'd have wanted a world record fee he's not worth that when you've got Lucas there who can do a similar job maybe maybe slightly differently no I know what you're saying like you think you have their actual impact on a game there probably wouldn't be a huge difference week on week out between Moura's ability on the pitch and, and Zaha's although you would I, I, I struggle to find an uh, accept an argument where you wouldn't think that Zaha is infinitely more talent, talented than not infinitely but much more talented than, than Lucas Moura and has a higher ceiling do you think I think he does yeah I, I, I'm, I've not gone on, I'm not convinced I've said it many times I think Zaha with the right club becomes Gareth Bale levels of, of uh, that's what I think. For me, he plays for himself too much still. I think he's... Bale did, Bale did at times. He, he did. He did, but Bale was next level good. He was... So bizarre. I don't quite see it. He I makes mean, too many bad decisions. He's he's very single-minded. He he runs down too many blind alleys. And I see Lucas as much more of a team player. He He's adapted to the pressing well. He fits the philosophy much better. I don't get me wrong. I think Zaha, if he was in a free transfer, yes, I'd be all over it. If he's... 30 million yeah why not get him in get him when in you, and get you, you make bad out. decisions oh yeah, yeah. You, you make bad decisions yeah, yeah but you're, you're throwing him under the bus for making bad decisions when you said quote Carter Vickers is the next big thing <laughs> that's what you did. did he say that he did he did he said Trippier's garbage I, I think that's for I said Walker Peters is the next big thing right, right. is it Walker Peters double yeah, yeah. barrel names all the what you're doing is you're living off that Harry Kane glory <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a big shout I can't what, what about Skip Oliver Skip and Parrot what did you say about Parrot did you repeat that on air I said he's the greatest footballer the world has ever seen no I said I said you said something along those lines I think Troy Parrot is Troy Parrot's the under 17 yeah he's 16 he's played two games for our 23s now and oh my god he's actually really great really I didn't I thought it was going to be he's kind of got everything <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous because he's he's played two games in the under-23s but he's really talented and what, and what is he a forward yeah so he's a he's a proper number nine but he's 
he's slightly Kane-esque in that he does a bit of everything pretty well. He hasn't is, got the most how, pace. How difficult it is it watch, like from watching you football? How difficult it difficult is it to to look at him and look at what he does on the pitch and to to, to match that with a, a genuine like real trajectory. Like well, what, this is the thing. So much seems to be able to go wrong. Like Mark Edwards, for example, no one really fucking knows what's going on there. Yeah, and so like Onomar, I'd say, was is another one in the in the same boat who just looked destined for absolute greatness, and and no no rise is linear when no. it comes to a footballer's progression. It's thing bump. There are bumps in the road, and, and things change along the way. So it is difficult. Like you can't you can't just translate. I totally get that you can't just translate under eighteen performances to men's football performances but that is one signifier of what a player can achieve yeah. and I think it's fair to say this player is good in the under 18s and therefore you would expect him to be good in the men's game so what else you've got to go on exactly exactly I mean, and every player starts at the academy football it's, it's difficult though because some of the best players in the Premier League will look fucking shit at League 1 yeah yeah, yeah that's, you know, that's true and then there's some players in League 1 who you might put in the Premier League and they might look comfortable that's and, 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 and Kane, Kane didn't Kane. always look great on loan. Um, and Andrew yeah. Townsend did look very good on loan. Yeah, you know, by and large, you know, with sixteen loan deals or something that he, he went on, and he, you know, he, every single club that he went to, Yeovil stands out. QPR when he went there, was that, well, didn't end well at Leeds, but yeah, no, Leeds was a, a bad one. But then Leeds is what Leeds is. Well, strange that got Bielsa there. It's like a major manager. He keeps winning these games, doesn't he? He always does. At the beginning, doesn't he? He kind of has this kind of, this kind of. He, everyone buys into his idea, which is like fucking running to the ends of earth to, to play in that system. What, what do you know about Bielsa? Like just L- quickly, L- little bits, little bits. It's mainly. I mean, the, it's the, the, his Chilean team is the, the the team that I enjoyed watching the most. Just this really fluid formation with players all over the place. Oh, Bilbao, Affleck, Bilbao, 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 Bilbao. When they played Man United at Old Trafford and destroyed right. a very yeah, good yeah, Man United yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. But it always ends in tears with Bielsa, doesn't it? The Bielsa burnout is the thing that everyone worried that Pochettino had translated across the Spurs, and there, there is something in that because he asks, he's so demanding and he likes to work with a relatively small squad. But he tends not to stick around too long. That's the other thing with him. He tends to move on after a year, year and a half. The thing with um, Bielsa that's almost forgotten about is that even if Bielsa last till February at Leeds, he's changed the mentality of the club. Right. Yeah. He's changed the mentality of the players. Um, they're probably selling a few of them at a good profit. So I guess the short-term thing is beneficial in a way because then the next manager that comes along, a step along might be like a Bielsa light. Warnock. Mm. And yeah. he, he might can get you imagine, can, you Bielsa, can you imagine Warnock doing Bielsa football? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a great story. Um, if you haven't read this, there's a, there's a website called 20-Minute Read, uh, which is a football website that's takes 20 minutes to read the articles uh, and uh, they've done one on on, on Wenger called the, the the Professor if you haven't watched it uh, read it, it you, you should even if you're, you're a Spurs fan it's very interesting I, I don't even like all this shit really around football but I enjoyed it but one, the one about Pochettino was was it the Sheriff I think it was called I'm pretty sure it's, do you know what I'm talking about I've not read it oh mate you wouldn't love this shit okay. really I'll find it afterwards you're, this is right up your street and essentially documents uh, Pochettino's it's like the extra inch, isn't it? <laughs> we're talking about the shit we read on the internet. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, yeah, so it, it documents the point where Bielsa found Pochettino as a child yeah. to, through to his current management. And you took, this is like a 10,000 word article, it's a long read, but it is fantastic. Uh, and one of the parts of this story, and I'm not giving anything away, is Bielsa turning up at uh, Pochettino's house. This might be well documented, but it is. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so I have read this. This is two, like, two o'clock in the morning. Bielsa yeah. turns up at their house, yeah, yeah, right? True. Turns up at their house. Pochettino's in bed. And Bielsa's like, like, fucking the mum don't know who this geezer is. This cunt's turned up in the middle of the night, 2am, and he's like, where's your son? And she's like, oh, he's in the bedroom, come in. And you're like, what the fuck are you playing that woman? Come in the bedroom. And there was like, Bielsa and his head training, some yeah, yeah. geezer, he's like, pull up his blanket. Anything could be, got. these could be anybody. This could be the worst scenario that ever, like, you know all the shit that's been happening in football with horrible men touching up little boys. This could have been another one of them, but it weren't. All he wanted to do is make sure his legs were strong. Why the fuck travel all the way to Buenos Aires to Newell's Old Boys or wherever the fuck he was? He's in Murphy. So look for... He's what? He lives in a place called Murphy. Lives in a place called Murphy? Didn't know that. That's a lovely bit of information. Just to look at the Pochettino's legs. And, then, and that shows you, it gives you some insight to the psyche of Bielsa but also what he's passed on to Pochettino and what I mean again the trophies are not there to back it up but he's taken the good parts from what I can see the good parts of Bielsa's training madness you know in terms of running players into the ground and maybe tempered it somewhat taken bits and pieces what are you saying? I love it I agree I've got something to ask Alan Thorne sorry (laughs) Um, Hitchin Van Mora did you retweet that or was it someone else? I didn't retweet that. No. So basically, one of the scouts at Spurs was the one who pushed to sign Lucas Moura. That's and right. And Potch was kind of bigging them up saying, you know what, we've got to thank Steve Hitch and my other guy's name wrong for, um, yeah, that's right. for, for making us sign Lucas Moura. It's all his skills and his strengths and weaknesses. And he said, this would be a player that fits into yeah. the philosophy. Potch is good like that. He always gives biggest people up there need be. Yeah, because obviously he wants these people to do, they want to be empowered and wants them to do yeah. good in their job because it reflects well on him. Everybody outside of Spurs, regardless of whether he said that or not, thinks that uh, Murray is uh, Pochettino signing. The fact that he's got this guy, Hitchin, don't know who he is. Was is he, he from Paris? Head scout, is he? I swear he was at Palace. Is he head scout? He's chief scout, yeah. Chief scout, yeah. yeah, but I swear he managed at Palace for a little bit. That's Keith Millen. Right, well, it doesn't matter, whatever. Yeah. But but the, the, the fact that he's willing to openly, overtly say, this wasn't me, this was someone else means that there is something going on there's a system at Spurs that's working to some extent and we've had some ho- horror shows with signings Janssen Sissoko I'm not going to put Laurenti in there yet oh, I was just about to say him as I well don't know, I don't know if it's his fault <laughs> it's just it's hard for a striker who isn't playing week in week out to get it, into any he's sort of mad that he's potentially fifth choice striker now for Spurs if you think going in what sense so I'm thinking if Kane wasn't available to play we'd probably play or Lucas Son Lucas and maybe even the Mena ahead of Llorente I probably would so there's, there's this which gives me hope and it's not for Llorente but it gives me hope for Tottenham in that if Kane does get injured we did play well in that period against yeah, we very good opposi- against opposition against Chelsea yeah. that was a great result that was well, he came on a sub was it 3-1 yeah he came on a sub but that period before we were dishing up wallets left right and centre yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so there's something there <coughs> um did that all go, come from David Platt's question yep we've got another one from Active and Blind Go on, do it. Um, with the solid start to our season, can people finally realise that we are better off not buying anybody than teams that spent big? So maybe the transfer window is overhyped. I strongly disagree. Yeah, I was going to say, T, you need to, you need to soliloquise on this one. God, I've, had a, I've had a beer since I've kind of had a conversation now. But um, it's a bit like someone earning eight quid an hour, someone earning eight quid an hour, and they're able to have a mortgage look after their kids and everything on eight quid an hour say well you know you don't need to earn more money because you can live your life just eight quid an hour 
I'm like, well, the fact we spent no money and we're doing okay doesn't make it okay that we sign no one. I think we should always look to improve and improve competition within the squad. And someone actually tweeted me and said it's insulting to get new players. I'm like, well, what, no, insulting? What do you mean? Well, it's insulting the existing players that like, don't think that they're good enough. Oh, mate, but, yeah, pull your tampon out. I'm just thinking in this modern in this modern game, you need to have players who are ready to fill in. I'm not saying we can't afford to buy someone as good as Deli Ali. Ericsson or Alderweireld or Kane we can't afford people who are as good as these guys we can, we can afford people who can fill in and do a job and we could have bought those guys I spoke to a guy called Steve House and some of you may know about him he's, he's um, I, I actually genuinely like him he's a nice guy but lots of people on the internet hate his guts and this is a Man United fan he's very opinionated and he um he, uh, he he said he looks at Spurs' squad and he doesn't know how he can improve it. Or the first eleven compared to Man United, who feels like he can improve immeasurably. What I would say though is that about the, the transfer the uh, transfer window is that I think everybody fans especially put so much focus on signings. They want just players through the door, regardless of whether or not these players are going to improve your team. Either way, they just want that name through the door, and a successful uh, transfer window is the amount of players you get through the door. And we know from Spurs fans that isn't the case. Well, the, the transfer window we enjoyed the most was the one that probably reaped the least success. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if Devon, if it is you that said it, transfers in general, I think it's a very low percentage that really do hit the mark. Like the corners, it's a low percentage thing, really. On the but, but it's exciting from fans' perspective. When you, if you're if you're only barometer of what's going on inside your football club is Twitter where you hear people and then you're on to a loser you know stop placing so much value in what everybody else is saying if, if you do it's everyone else is saying inside your uh, your Twitter sphere so to speak um I don't know. Have you got anything to add? I feel like we, it, we kind of banked on a lot of players leaving this summer, and so that that sort of changed our perception. We thought we had to replace Alderweireld, Dembele, Rose, etc., etc., and that that never materialised. We didn't need to replace them, so it's fine. Love it. So I'm. I, I feel like we didn't. It wasn't essential that we improved the squad or did business. Having said that, Grealish was clearly wanted he was clearly wanted they, yeah. they, they made no bones of the fact that they wanted him and we failed to get him we failed to land him because we wouldn't pay what Villa wanted up front and that's a shame because like you were saying T it's not necessarily about buying a Deli Alley level player but there are players that can do a job that can fill in that can that has skills that we lack elsewhere in the squad I think it might have been you that said or Charlie Parrish that said we're paying for the sins of recent transfer windows now because mm. we've got almost a well a mini stockpile of players who we bought who just haven't been good enough and we need to get rid of them I mean Kudu Sissoko Janssen and to a lesser extent Llorente so I think we're never going to have the perfect squad where all 22 or 24 people are going to be able to to make a mark. But I'd say, I'd say, yeah, we could have afforded to have bought two or three players and I'm, I'm never going to back down from that. That's just, just common sense. Get those wages off the wage bill as well. You know, it means we can pay some of our stars a little bit more. OK, so uh, the last question. We've got, <coughs> we've got sent in from Nelson and Sarah. This guy's got 60 followers. He's like incredible. If you, if you want to follow someone decent, follow this guy at Nelson and Saha. Obviously, uh, 
a link to um, our magnificent transfer window when we were going for the league under Harry Redknapp, yeah. where uh, Levy sanctioned the signings of Ryan Nelson and Louis Saha. That's um, Nelson with two E's, by the way. If you want to follow, if you want to follow him, yes. Nelson with two E's. For those of you who are still with us, you're the thirty percenters. So you won't mind going to this extra effort to understand the next part of this conversation. Um, you need to go on our Twitter and look at the tweet for this podcast. And there's a grid of Spurs players, the current squad, that have been transformed into females. And the question is, what are you, what are you taking home? It says, kiss, marry and becomes your mum. Who had that second bit? No, he, he came back with a second right, bit. Okay. Two separate questions. All right. So he's asking, kiss, marry, and becomes your mum. For this to really work, you need to get this. As you listen to it, go on our Twitter uh, and, and have a look at the grid of Spurs players. Uh, and if you, if you can't be fucked, then just turn the podcast off. Um, so go on. So kiss, marry, and becomes your mum. Is there any out there, just off the bat, you're just saying no to? I'm going to say no to Wanyama, Vatongan. Vatongan's lipstick is horrific. Boy, boy he's got to go. So these are these are these they've womanized all of the, the, the Spurs squad. Yeah. They've womanized and there's a couple of belters in there as well. Like Toby out of Herald, I think that she's right up my street. I don't know if her hair was a brunette rather than blonde. That'd be a big thing for me. What you got, boys? Um I mean, I guess the ones you'd probably have to get in the bin would probably be one Yama. And he's actually a decent looking bloke, but no, he's not a bad looking bloke, but in this instance he Especially and Harry like Kane just looks so dopey. <laughs> yeah, Harry Kane's got a lot of lipstick on. Um, yeah. the, the thing is, Lamella doesn't look any any different. Like, I know Lamella looks like a lesbian, but this is proof. He's what they've feminised him, and he looks no different. It's a little bit plumper. <laughs> and, and, and nor does Harry Winks. But Harry Winks looks like Cindy uh, Crawford. Is that what you said? That's Cindy she Crawford. Like, yeah, a uh, little bit like Cindy Crawford. Oh, I love Cindy Crawford growing up. Uh, I, I, just a, a woman in drag. Trippy looks horrendous. Onoma <laughs> looks no good. I think Eric Dyer looks like um, Stevie Griffin. Which one's Eric Dyer? Oh my god, yeah, Eric no. Eric Dyer is C1. So A from the top down to, I don't know what the fuck it is, F or G. So yeah, Dyer is C1 and he looks like Stevie Griffin. So if you had to kiss one, who would it be? Uh, Luke, Luke, Lucas Mora. Lucas Mora. Alright, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. What you? What are you saying? I think Christian Eriksen. Where's Christian? Got, which one's Christian Eriksen? Quite a nice, a three. nice, really? nice, nice bone structure. Okay. <laughs> Number three, Christian Eriksen. So if you repeat. And and Dembele as well. Yeah. Yeah. Dembele is weird. I'm not gonna. I shouldn't say. This, it. Should I say this? Uh, someone I know that looks like his oh, misses, okay. like like a spitting image of his misses. It's unreal. Can't it say looks it. like it looks like a Leah. It does a bit. Uh, Danny Rose do anything for you? <laughs> looks doesn't look that bad actually. Doesn't look that bad. Too bad. Yeah, a bit lipstick. Um, I'm gonna say in terms of kissing, I'm gonna. I quite like, like Gazzaniga. I was gonna say you like Gazzaniga, but you reckon she look, he looks like a transsexual? He looks like a bloke. What? Oh, that's not the same thing. No, I'm just saying, that's, I'm, that's I'm, what you think. That's a wording I'm right. going to use. For yes. This. So ignore what I've just said. That doesn't. There's no correlation there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go for. Yes, I've, I've got Gazaniga for kiss. Yep. You're Mary. You're saying. Um, kiss. You're I saying think, Lucas Mora. Yeah. And you're saying Ericsson. Ericsson. Okay. Dembele. All right. To marry. Uh, Dembele. 
I think he'll age well with that face. Dembele, where is Dembele? He's oh, A4. right, yeah, A4. 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 I would say, I would say, I should have changed my mind because I think, I think Alvaro looks like a slag. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to marry a, uh, do you know there's no point marrying a, uh, someone who's uh, very promiscuous but it's um, I'm going to go Loris Loris I would marry okay absolutely marry just just make sure you're driving everywhere that's all exactly yeah, exactly who are you going to marry Wendy I think I'm going to marry Ben Davies okay seems nice well, she looks like a very He's smiley C4 what? Yeah, she looks she looks cute. She looks nice. She's got a nice smile. Stop saying she. He looks cute. No, he this is nice. this is she. All right. I'm not saying he. No love for uh, Deli Ali. Does, doesn't say Deli. Deli Ali is quite. Deli is quite attractive. No, I don't know. All right, go on. Because I'm not sure this is worth. So it. Become mum, <laughs> becomes your becomes your mum. One year, one hundred percent. But I don't know. Like uh, yeah. Davinson Sanchez. Davinson Davinson Sanchez. That's a, that is a fun mum. Yeah, she looks like that. That looks. A, I no, not no, not that was insane. There's going to be some me. good home cooking. I'm going one yama because of the spaghetti and all that. Walker Peters are pickles and mum. Yeah, she looks nice. Nice. <laughs> looks pleasant. Looks tea, tea I'll tell you, looks like a fucking crack whore. <laughs> fucking foif. What Juan a foif. Get him out my squad. Someone feminised their names. They call him Juanita. <laughs> Juanita foif. It really looks like an actress who was in Neighbours, and I can't think who it was. No, really. It's driving me insane, but it's identical. I think it's Neighbours. Someone tweet us if you work out who it is. Okay. Well, that's it from the Fighting Cop podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for staying with us in the last five minutes. Um, I hope you looked at the pictures, otherwise that would be an absolute <laughs> waste of everybody's time. Uh, the Fighting Cock is sponsored by FansBet. Uh, we're working with them throughout the season to generate enough money to um, to to do, do some good for, do nice for a Spurs fan. So we've come up with a couple of ideas, uh, none which we'll say now because it's probably in bad taste, but... Um, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll figure something out. But what you need to do if you want to support this, if you like a bet at the football, uh, sign up for the fans bet, and half of all the money that you lose goes back to uh, doing to, to, to the fighting cock, so that we can do something good with it. Uh, so throughout the season, there's lots of people have been signing up. Actually, I wasn't sure, but that lots of people signed up. At least lots, at least lots. Uh, so that's been really good so thank you for supporting I think a lot of the people that are doing it are the people that are still listening to the podcast right now and you lot are the ones we love the most because you're still through it with us after all these bollocks because you know what this makes them this, this, what this means for most of them is that they've stopped listening and then they've gone about their working day yeah. and they've put it back on after and that is a lovely thing that's beautiful Spurs under 23's face Woolwich at the Emirates on the Friday August 31st my birthday four, £4 for adults £2 for seniors uh, I think it might be free if you get in there quickly do you if you was it the first up, half hundred was it I, I think, think alright it's free if you, if you phone up quickly you'll get a free ticket I think for Friday's match against Arsenal so I had no idea that this was this was happening yeah so there's quite a big group of Spurs fans going down the, the idea is to try and get a decent crowd I can't make it unfortunately but there's a, I know there's a big group going so you won't be alone there'll be a big group of Spurs fans singing on singing Friday night we didn't know in like good, we could have built this up uh, alright well, it's next season isn't it uh, yeah so it sounds like there's a group of lads going 
and you know go down you can get tickets 0344 option 2 when you get through uh, that's been the Fighting Call Podcast thank you very much gentlemen for giving up your evening once again thank you no problem and we'll see you not next not the end of the week next because uh, I'm away um, yeah so after the smashing Watford yeah I imagine we should have previewed that but that's a little bit dodgy they're on free on the bounce as well yeah Decore they're looking the good Carrera a prayer as well we'll smash them yeah fuck them Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 When it's time for an adventure on the open highway, one quick call to American Family Insurance gets you headed in the right direction. Our travel peace of mind package is there if you encounter a bump in the road. From roadside assistance to rental car coverage, we have you covered. Find a local agent or get a quote at amfam.com. American Family Insurance. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.